You're listening to the Sunday Session Podcast with Francesca Rudkin from Newstalk ZB. A new standard of public transport is on the horizon. This week, Swedish company Candela unveiled its new electric hydrofoil passenger ferry. It's very cool. A type of vessel that is currently being designed and developed by a few companies around the world, including here in New Zealand. So where is this technology at here? Late last year, we saw Fuller's partner with Kiwi company Sea Change to bring electric hydrofoil passenger ferries to their fleet. Sea Change CEO Eric Luckman is with me now. Thanks so much for your time this morning, Eric. Thanks so much for having me. Hey, how far off are we getting this technology in use here in New Zealand? Oh, we are quite close. Uh, the What may actually be the world's first commercially certified passenger electric hydrofoil uh, half finished in our shed. And we should be on the water with that early next year, operational uh, as of March next year. That's pretty exciting. Yeah, no, it's super exciting. We're stoked. What benefits does it have over a standard passenger ferry? Well, the reality is that most boats are quite inefficient. Uh, so through a combination of hydrofoiling and electric systems, these boats use up to 15 times less energy than a traditional ferry. And that's ultra important for a sustainable future. It means faster charging, longer range, 90% lower fuel costs, all things that are incredibly valuable. And how many people can these the ferries that you're building take? Oh, we're starting with a 10-passenger vessel, so that'll be more of a private water taxi experience, uh, but we have larger vessels in the works. Uh, we're looking forward to sharing more information about that next year. So can you give us a bit of an idea about what kind of um, trips they might be taking, or is that still under wraps? Uh, no. Well, one of the things, one of the key benefits of you know, hydrofoiling is the boats are so efficient, you can actually go quite far on limited charges from battery electric systems. So where Waiheke and Gulf Harbor and these you know, medium range, long distance ferry routes are inaccessible to traditional vessels, you know, we can actually operate on those, uh, on those routes. It's good to hear about the fast charging because as somebody who has battery anxiety... <laughs> <laughs> my my first concern, of course, would be, you know, um, how we're going to keep, uh, you know, one of these ferries charged throughout the day to be able to, you know, hit schedule and keep on track and things. No, I used to, so I used to work on the Apple Watch and we always had conversations on uh, that project uh, about charge time. And, you know, the ultimate goal for the Apple Watch was how do we fit charging into existing things that you do, like showering or driving in a car? And for ferries, that's fitting charging into your existing stops. And because the boats are so efficient and they have a battery that can accept quite a bit of power, we're actually talking about charge rates of around one nautical mile per minute of charging. So 10 minutes stop, 10 miles of range. And now okay. you're starting to think about, okay, we're fitting charging into our existing stops or picking up and dropping off passengers. Okay. And are we set up, do we have the infrastructure in place, or obviously we will by March next year, that that charging can take place on these wharfs and things? Especially for the 10-passenger vessels, the boats are so efficient they can use existing marinas. There's no additional infrastructure required for ah. these water taxis. And the large project with Auckland Transport and uh, some mega megawatt charging standard uh, projects that should come online uh, in association with the 200-passenger electric ferries that will be launching late next year. Does the tech have any limitations? Uh, so large and slow boats uh, are not something that is likely to go hydrofoiling. Okay. Uh, container ship, and this is actually something that was super surprising to me. 
a container ship is actually twice as efficient as a train. So these big boats that are going relatively slow, they're not candidates for hydrofoiling because they're already so efficient. But any high-speed vessel, uh, any vessel that's relatively small that wants a sort of better sea-keeping experience, those are candidates for hydrofoiling. Uh, so I think where we're starting is you know, with these passenger vessels. You know, there's a great need in this space for decarbonizing it. And so some strong reasons for you know, passenger vessel operators and tourism operators to be early adopters of this technology. But in the long run, in a sustainable future, in the sustainable future that we all want, mm. you know, I think many recreational boats and many high-speed vessels in general will go hydrofoiling. Of course, when we think of hydrofoiling, we think of Team New Zealand, right? <laughs> because yep. that's yeah, kind of cool. the, the, the America's Cup has kind of introduced us to this. And of course, that's immediately where my producer's mind went. And she's a little risk adverse. And she's thinking, goodness me, I've seen what can happen to some of these America's Cup you know, yachts. Is, is this actually going to be safe to get on one of these hydrofoiling ferries? No, it's a good question. Uh, so uh, one thing is there's a difference between F1 car racing and you driving to your grocery store. Those are not the same thing. They don't, they don't have the same risk profile. So whereas Team New Zealand and the other America's Cup teams in CLGP as well, you know, they're pushing the boundaries of how fast can we make these things go. We're taking that same technology and asking ourselves, how efficient can we make this? Uh, so we're really taking it easy. These vessels will be commercially certified. They'll be signed off by Maritime New Zealand. Uh, and we're complying with every normal standard that, uh, every normal standard that uh, any high-speed vessel would have to undertake. And I believe that you've actually had some of the Team New Zealand engineers uh, working on your team, creating and designing yeah. these boats. Yeah, we've had the pleasure of a few over the years. Uh, it's always lovely working with them. Uh, it's great that this technology... You know, for the 2012 America's Cup, you know, this technology was really brought to the world by Team New Zealand. You know, they tested it in secret on Lake Arapuni uh, in North Island. And, you know, when they let the cat out of the bag, people were, uh, people thought that it wasn't real, uh, that it was impossible. Uh, and so Team New Zealand has developed this technology and we're you know, really grabbing the baton in some ways to take this into the commercial space. It's moving fast, isn't it? Yeah, indeed. Oh, you there, Eric? Yep, I'm oh, here. Oh, sorry, you're still there. Sorry, I thought I'd lost you for a moment. How big do you think this technology is for public transport, and I guess all water users? Well, put yourself in the shoes. Put yourself in the shoes of a tourism operator or a ferry operator. You know, if you're looking at purchasing a new vessel today, you know, you're looking at petrol or diesel. That vessel is probably going to last 20 years. And so you're talking about having that same petrol or diesel-using vessel uh, 20 years from now. And, you know, there's already pressure, and you know, pardon the pun, but the heat's already turning up uh, in terms of the pressure to decarbonize. Mm. So, you know, we think, you know, what we're trying to do and what we're doing is we're trying to introduce a no-compromises option. You know, we want to make a super high-performance sustainable vessel that goes a distance, charges fast, and doesn't have these compromises that, you know, if you think about the 1990s and the way that electric cars were viewed, you know, they were viewed as like a big compromise. But now today with Tesla and these other more high performance cars, you know, electric cars are actually now viewed as the more performant option. Um, so I think, you know, especially given the efficiency increase, it's not something that you can ignore. And I imagine it's a more pleasant experience for a passenger as well. Oh, the beautiful thing is that, you know, with a small vessel, uh, traditionally, uh, there's a limit to the seakeeping that you might be willing to operate in. Mm. 
you know, you wouldn't necessarily want to take an eight meter boat to Waiheke in all conditions, just because you know, candidly, it's going to be a rough ride. But if you're on top of the waves, it's going to be a super smooth experience. So now we've said eight meter boats and these smaller vessels are now more capable uh, than what they were before. So this, we've really eliminated some of the incentive to go with these bigger and larger ferries. So how far can this technology go? So what is sea change working on? As you mentioned, you've, you've got the, this, uh, the 10-seater coming out early next year, but you're also looking at bigger ferries? Yep. Uh, we're anticipating some larger ferries uh, operating in the Haraki. Uh, look forward to making some announcements about that next year, likely starting with a 100-passenger 18-meter vessel. Um, there's ongoing discussions about that. Um, yeah, there's a huge push to, uh, a huge push to you know, find a practical way to make our ferries genuinely sustainable. And I think that's really what this technology has to offer. Can, any, can anyone drive these ferries? Do you have to have sort of certain experience with hydrofoiling? Uh, we, we're going to get into that uh, with uh, our customers, uh, but I don't believe there are any rules specific to hydrofoiling that make them difference, okay. different. Okay. You still have to qualify with you know, evasive turns and emergency stops and like all the normal things that you have to do. But we're not and, going to have a problem finding people to, to, to um, take the helm of these ferries. Well, especially the smaller vessels. Yeah. Uh, for vessels under 12 meters, uh, that's the most entry-level skipper ticket you can get. Uh, and so there's a promising path of you know, having more of these smaller vessels out in the water uh, you know, with more opportunities for training more skippers up. Eric, if you don't mind me asking, I'd, I'd love to just sort of get a bit of a feel for you, a, a bit more of a, a, a personal question here. You came to see change from Apple. You're the development lead on the original Apple Watch. What has it been like to move from a company like Apple to see change here in New Zealand? Um, you know, people think about Apple as this like unresource constrained company, um, and it's not. You know, the resource the resource limits uh, they just change to. Uh, you know, really, really smart people that you're working with, the supply chain and these other things. And you, you set your ambitions based on the resources that you have. Uh, and you're always trying to figure out what's the fastest way we can do something with the most impact. And so I haven't seen that big of a change, you know, from the culture at Apple. With that being said, you know, Apple's the biggest startup in the world uh, in some ways. Um, you know, it's a very, it's an organization that doesn't focus so much on process as much as it focuses on the results. And that's really what startups are all about as well. Are you enjoying though? You know, I mean, here we here we have a company that's that's seen a problem and is coming up with a solution. Uh, you know, it must be quite rewarding being part of a team like that. Hundred percent. I mean, you, you know, this is like the joke that I make, uh, but you know, we're making flying boats to do a small part to help save the world. So that's like, you know, if I've got to dig a trench uh, around anything, you know, I think there's nothing more for me personally as a boater. As someone who loves technology, as someone who loves uh, the marine space, you know, to me, there's nothing more rewarding than that. And Eric, have you been able to talk yourself onto one of those America's Cup foiling <laughs> <laughs> racing uh, boats yet? Haven't, haven't yet, but a few of the team has got have gone out on uh, Chase Zero. Excellent. Oh well, maybe sometime soon. Oh look, Eric, really nice to talk to you. Thank you so much for your time. That was Sea Change CEO. Eric Luckman with me there just talking about this uh, new technology which we hope to see up and running uh, in the Horeki Gulf early next year. Go and have a look at these hydrofalls. They're actually, they're pretty cool. I like the look of them. I think they'd be a great ride. My producer, still not quite so sure about that. 
For more from the Sunday session with Francesca Rudkin, listen live to News Talk ZB from 9am Sunday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.